And welcome to Slasher Street Podcast. My name is Ryan Devlin, and thank you so much for joining me once again. This is a horror movie podcast where each episode I will be reviewing and discussing in detail a different horror movie from our epic collection here at the house, plus so much more horror-related content. I hope you're all having an awesome week, and more importantly, I hope you all had an amazing Christmas. I hope Santa was good to you all and brought you all lots of horror goodies and uh, this week on the podcast is will be this will be our final christmas special of 2022 and it's in, we're in that really weird period now aren't we the week in between christmas and new year it's the 28th of december 2022 as of recording this episode and we're just in that really strange limbo period where people just don't seem to know what to do with their lives i actually went back to work today i had 4 days off <clears throat> for Christmas, and I'm back to work today. So life is relatively back to normal for me, but it's only a three-day week. And there's people out there, you know, who take the week in between Christmas and New Year off, and that is, it's a very strange time. So for me to record this episode now, it feels strange, because this is obviously heavily a Christmas horror movie that we're going to discuss today. And uh, yeah, Christmas is finished. Like, we are just in this limbo period between Christmas and New Year. Christmas is over, and... It's hard to get into that Christmas spirit. You know, the day's gone, we've had our Christmas dinner, we're back to work, but I promised you guys that I would be bringing you this episode, and I'm suffering right now, I am full of cold, I have got the flu, bloody flu, and uh, which is just killing me, so apologies if this, you know, episode is a bit uh, all over the place in terms of my voice. I'm going to really try my best to power through, but I promised you guys that I was going to bring you this episode. So here we are, because if I left it another week, you know, just to ramble on a bit more, but if I left it another week, it, I would be even less in the Christmas spirit and this just really wouldn't work. So we're going to blast this out. We're going to get this episode done because I have got a lot to say on this movie. And of course, we will be talking about the brand new Christmas slasher movie, the Shudder exclusive Christmas Bloody Christmas. So... I have a lot to say on this one. I have a lot to say. If you uh, follow me on Instagram, you've probably already seen my Christmas message to the world. Uh, so, you know, where I say, you know, I'm very 50-50 on this movie. And I really am. And I have a lot to say on this particular film. And I'm really excited to, uh, to bring this episode to you. But before we get to that, actually, whilst we're on the subject uh, of social media plugs, please do give us a follow on Instagram. Just search Slash Street Podcast. We are on there. Give us a follow. I'm posting loads of horror related content i'm really active on instagram really try to build that page up we've only been on instagram for about two and a half to three weeks and we've already got close to 400 followers so that's absolutely fucking awesome so if you do have time please do give us a follow on instagram and of course if you are listening to us on apple podcasts or spotify please do leave us a five star rating if you enjoy the episode of course stay till the end to uh, make that judgment but if you could leave us a review that will be awesome so Anyway, let's get into this. Let's get into Christmas, Bloody Christmas. And uh, this was a movie that I watched for the first time earlier in December. It dropped, uh, I think, around the... 
sorry, I think it dropped around about the 9th or the 10th of December around that time. So I watched it early December, probably about a, a, maybe three or four days after it was released. And uh, a lot of people on the social media groups and uh, YouTubers, etc., etc., were really gushing over this film, like really saying this is one of the best Christmas horror films ever made. And uh, so I was really really looking forward to this and checking it out and uh, again if you follow me on insta you'll probably see that i put a post on to say how excited i was about checking this film out because brand new christmas slashes and good christmas slashes are hard to come by so the fact that shudder was bringing out this original christmas slash film i think it was originally pitched as a remake of silent night deadly night but then they came up with the idea of including well why don't we make the santa a killer Terminator-style robot Santa, and that's how this movie came about. But anyway, anyway, we're going to get to it all. And uh, yeah, so I was really super excited and really buzzed for this one because I, you know, love checking out new slasher films, new horror films. And Shudder this year have been on fire. Shudder, we're going to be doing our top 10 of 2022 on the next episode of the podcast. Um, But a few of mine were Shudder exclusives. Like, Shudder has been fucking killing it in 2022. (coughs) Oh, sorry. God, the coughs are starting already. So I had really high hopes for this one. I really had high hopes for this one. Uh, And I got to say, on the first watch, as I just said, I really didn't love this. I uh, was totally 50-50 on it. Uh, There were parts of the movie that I loved, and there were parts that I absolutely loved. And uh, we're going to be getting... uh, into all of those things. But it really was to the point, it really was to the point where I, to be honest, really wasn't looking forward to re-watching this movie again to review for the podcast. Um, I said even before watching it for the first time that I was going to include this in our Christmas specials, thinking, oh, this is going to be fucking awesome. Like, this has been touted by, you know, praised by everyone. Every every credible YouTuber that I follow loved this film. So I was like, oh shit, this is gonna be this is gonna be awesome. And uh there was just obviously the bits that I loved, but they were really overshadowed by quite massively by the bad. Uh to the point where I really wasn't looking forward to uh as I say re-watching it for this episode. However, However, on the second watch, on the rewatch, which I did uh, last night preparing for this podcast, I really went into it with an open mind and, uh, <coughs> sorry, and uh, knowing what to expect was probably, you know, a big factor here and a big factor in this. Uh, and I, but I gotta say, I really enjoyed the movie this second time around, um, a hell of a lot more than the first watch hell of a lot more and um did i still come up against the same gripes as the first watch yes which we will you know as i said absolutely be getting into here but also i appreciated the good in the movie a lot more and for for that i walked away happy and satisfied last night and i will be giving this movie a rewatch, no doubt next year at christmas time and every Christmas after that, which is more than I could say after the first time I watched it. After the first time I watched it, I was like, nope, I'm not looking forward to re-watching this. But on the second rewatch, I went into it with a completely open mind, but also knowing what to expect. This was the big factor for me, knowing what to expect 
Um, and I, I left it thinking, yeah, I, I thoroughly enjoyed myself. So this, this review is going to be quite 50-50 still, because as I said, there's things that I still hated about the film, but there's things that I really enjoyed even more this time. I really appreciated the good even more on the second watch. So, you know, this is going to be really up and down, but there's going to be high praise and also high kind of criticism as well of this film on in this review. So this is going to be a really interesting one because if you guys know me. You've, you, if you've listened to the podcast for a while and you've followed what we do, I'm a generally very positive person. I can find the good in even the worst horror films. And uh, some of my favourite films are just the trashiest movies you'll ever see. Like, that is my bag. So I'm a really positive person. So that's that's why generally on the podcast, I only choose to do movies that I like because I don't want to really be negative or overly critical or anything like that. I just want to have a good time, talk about movies I like. So this is going to be a bit of a change of pace, but I am going to obviously praise all the things that I really did like about the movie as well. So let's get into this. Let's talk everything Christmas, bloody Christmas. And spoiler warning from the start, I will be discussing this movie in full detail and spoiling absolutely everything. So if you haven't seen Christmas, bloody Christmas, uh, go and watch it. Go and check it out now. It's on Shudder. Um, it's on Shudder. Just go and watch that. Shudder's like, what, four ninety nine a month. It's an absolute steal. I can't really praise Shudder enough. And they, like I said, they've been on fire. They've been on fire in 2022. It's been fucking awesome. The content they have been pushing out this year has been incredible. So go and check this movie out exclusively on Shudder, Christmas, Bloody Christmas, then come back and listen to the rest of this review. So anyway, that's out the way. You have been warned. So anything I say from this moment is completely fair game. Um, so a quick synopsis of this movie. First, Christmas, Bloody Christmas, it follows Tori, our main character here, and her employee, and we're, you know, we're really going to say that he is her employee, like it is made very obvious who is the boss in this relationship and uh follows her and her employee robbie <clears throat> as they fight for survival against a recalled robot santa who has gone haywire and reverted back to its military fa factory settings and uh, goes on a rampant killing spree throughout their small town and that's pretty much all you need to know about the film. And uh, I, as soon as I heard about this and everything it was about, I, and the, the Terminator influences in this film, I was on board. Like, I was absolutely on board. I was a big fan of the uh, Banana Splits film that came out whenever that was, three, four years ago, whatever it was now. Uh, I, I loved that premise of these killer robots gone, gone wrong, and I'm really looking forward to um, uh, Megan... Megan, Meg, me, three N, whatever it is, the new uh, kind of killer, you know, robot. I presume it's a killer robot film that's coming out. Looks really great stuff. So the fact that you know we could have a killer robot Sansa Christmas film, <clears throat> man, I was so excited for this. So, uh, so anyway, I think uh, a good place to uh, to start with this movie would be uh, the killer Santa himself, and. Uh, Again, I'll be completely honest with you guys here. I was very 50-50 on the killer robot. Um, the, the, 
robot, <laughs> the killer, the, the robot, uh, qu- quote marks there, killer robot Santa is, uh, is just a guy in a Santa suit, which is fine. It is fine. I wasn't a huge fan of the design for the first hour of the film. Um, but apart from the added kind of in post-production robot sound effects, um, there isn't really much indication here. <coughs> Sorry. There isn't really much indication here that, you know, this is actually a robot until later in the movie where he obviously sustains a lot of battle damage and, uh, he goes kind of more into full Terminator mode, you know, after, after being set on fire and blown up and all that kind of stuff. And that part, I really loved. I really loved that part. I thought the Terminator-style ending was fantastic. The animatronic that they used for that kind of final 15 minutes or so of the movie that was fighting Tori in the record store, um, I thought that was absolutely (coughs) top-tier stuff and really hammered home that, you know, this is a soulless killer machine. It's not a, a man in a costume. And I would have just preferred a bit more robot-like stuff during the rest of the movie, in my opinion. I think, <clears throat> you know, such as perhaps his eyes lighting up. Instead of having human eyes, he has real human eyes here. Um, <clears throat> I would have preferred, like, just maybe those kind of, you know, robot-esque green eyes uh, that would match the design of uh, the promotional posters that were going around. That would have really done the trick and added a bit more scare factor to the killer Santa. He just looked a bit too human. He walked a bit too human-like. And I would have preferred a bit more... Well, a bit more of the Terminator style, you know, that we get later in the film. And I, whilst I, I absolutely love the battle damage version, I love, you know, when he's just a robot and... You know, we can see the lights around his mouth and his ears and stuff like that after uh, sustaining some damage. But for the most part, I would have much preferred just a bit more detail on the Santa. Um, just, to, just to really hammer home that it's, a, you know, a, a, not a Terminator, but a, <coughs> a robot. And, um, and uh, I would have also have liked to have gotten a bit more of a backstory for these Robo Santa Plus models, which are obviously the uh, the name of the Robot Santas. We only really get the advert at the start of the movie saying that he'll be in stores this Christmas. And then, you know, the quick news report, which is maybe kind of 15 seconds long, about 10 minutes into the film or so, explaining that the product's been recalled, it's gone back to its military factory settings, all that kind of stuff. Um, but I would have just liked a bit more backstory on that i think it was just it felt really rushed like we were spending so much time with robbie and tori and her friends for the first 30 minutes of the film it's basically just them talking and uh we could have used that time i think a little bit more wisely give us a bit more backstory on these robot santas you know why are they there what are they doing and i know a lot of my gripes here that i'm going to be going through are probably budget-related issues and uh, <coughs> sorry, lack of resources and all that kind of stuff. But, you know, as I said, instead of kind of 10 minutes worth of dialogue between our two main characters arguing about which album or movie is worse, we could have gotten some, you know, legit backstory on the Killer Santa robot. And I say, what were they used for? Why are they in stores? 
it's all just a bit glossed over that kind of side of the movie. And then out of nowhere, the killer Santa is awake and he's killing people for seemingly no reason whatsoever just because he wants to kill people. They get in his way. He stalks these people as well. So I don't think there's anything that like they've done to like upset him or anything like that that would you know make him do that. He's just going on a random killing spree. And, uh, you know, I think it's insinuated... <coughs> Oh, sorry, guys. I am really struggling here. I'm really trying my best to uh, to get this. I think I don't think we're going to get to the blow by blow in this episode. We're going to try and get as much out there as possible to uh, make this episode as listenable as possible, guys. But I am, man, this cough's killing me. But I'm doing my best. I'm doing my best here. So uh, as I said, I do think it's uh, insinuated that the robot Santa or the Robo Santa Plus is safer for kids to be around. Potentially saying that you know some mall Santas. Because that's what they're essentially used for. I, I I took it as that these killer, oh, not the killer, the Robo Santa Pluses are being brought into the malls to essentially replace mall Santas. Because, you know, you can go and see this Santa. It's got over 9,000 phrases. It's essentially, it's, you know, art, the, the height of artificial intelligence. So I just presume that they were using this as a way to, for stores to A, not pay for mall Santas, so you're saving on the wage bill, uh, but also to kind of keep families safer. So I think they may be saying that, you know, these Santas are kind of predators or something, maybe. <laughs> I'm, not, I'm not really sure. Or they're somehow dangerous for kids to be around. And there is some creepy-ass Santas out there. You know, there's no denying that some mall Santas are creepy as fuck. Um, some are great. Like, most of them, I'm sure, are great and just do it for the love and, uh, and all that. Like, all the ones that... We've been to see, me and my daughter, this Christmas. We've only seen one, but there was one that went to her nursery as well. And, uh, you know, they've been fantastic. Uh, just great, great people who just love bringing joy to kids. Whereas I can imagine some are creepy fuckers as well. <laughs> so apparently the Robo Santa is safer. But I'm not really sure where they were going there. It's kind of shoehorned in. It's shoehorned in. It's obviously the, the idea is there. The idea is there that there's a, a killer robot Santa and we have to get him somehow into the toy store somehow he's going to, you know, be defaulted or whatever, or faulty, and have to go on the killing spree. But I just think the journey to get to that point was a bit glossed over, and I would really prefer a bit more backstory on on the, on the Robo Santa, the, the company, you know, the company, is it because they're kind of like the uh, the good guy companies, you know, and, uh, and all that kind of stuff, like, is it, what is it, why are they there, you know, it's just all a bit <clears throat> there, it's just there happening, and we have to kind of assume... You know, we just have to assume, don't we? I think in this film, I think it's, you know, it's one of those things. And, uh, you know, whilst we're on the Santa as well, uh, whilst we're talking about the Santa in particular, uh, he is for me just a bit mute when he's going around killing people. Because apparently the Robo Santa Plus, as I said just then, he has 9,000. Could have even been more, actually. Could have been 90,000. I wrote 9,000 down in my notes here, but say he's got 9,000 phrases or something or other to say. I just think it would have been so much more sinister if we got those random Christmassy Santa catchphrases whilst he's dismembering people. You know, like, so when he, like, for example, the Robbie kill, holy shit. Like, yeah, of course, spoiler alert, we're just going to talk about it, but the, the Robbie kill, could you imagine if he had smashed that axe into Robbie's face and then just gone, ho, 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 Merry Christmas. I just think that would have been absolutely fucking awesome and uh 
really added to the the robots kind of give him a bit more you know character and i think he does i think he does say merry christmas when he gets blown up i think um but that's the only time he's he says anything and it would have been you know in the back when he's in the back of the ambulance with tory when tory's driving the ambulance away and he's in the back and he points his his head around the corner it would have just been awesome if he'd just gone you know i don't know what would you like for christmas little girl or something like that it would have just been so fucked up so creepy and uh <coughs> i think it would have really added to uh to the character uh of the uh the robo santa um but you know also and this is probably going to be one of the, the my final points on the <laughs> on the robo santa but if the robo santa plus is being recalled and it's automatically reverted back to its military setting so presumably somewhere somewhere else someone has reported faults of a robo santa plus attacking people you know, it's made the news. It's made the news that this thing's been recalled, and the guys in the toy store who own this Robo Santa Plus are aware that it's been recalled. Like they're like, "Oh yeah, some guy's going to pick that up on Friday." So, well, why are they waiting till Friday to pick it up? Surely the government or someone, the government, the military, will want to sort this thing out as a matter of urgency. Like, if they are aware that this technology can just go and bang, like go and start killing people surely they want to get that sorted as a matter of again this is the government but uh, you know surely they want to get that sorted as a matter of just like send in the troops it, it's like surely you know that's, that's the, there's a few plot holes in this film that you just kind of have to overlook and that is one of them but if this tech if this ki- like i keep saying a killer robo but the robo santa plus if that has been recalled as faulty but going back to its, you know, military settings and the government or the military are aware of how dangerous these models are, surely they would just go in and like, right, we're getting this and then we're going to put it on the fire. <laughs> we're going to blow this thing up. Let's get it over and done with. But for some reason, it's like, nah, it's fine. We'll just wait till Friday. It's fine. You we'll just leave it in the store. <laughs> it's like, what? Like, uh, anyway. Uh, I think I've kind of talked a bit much about the uh, the Santa there, so let's let's move on as best we can. And I did enjoy the Santa. I'm not saying I didn't enjoy. So I'm fifty fifty on the Santa. I'm really fifty fifty because the final, and I'm going to kind of get into um, as many thoughts as I can about the movie itself, with because I really don't think I'm going to make it for the blow by blow tonight because I am just dying. This cough's killing me, so I really apologise, everyone. But you know, <clears throat> the Terminator finale shall we say um i fucking loved that and i i loved it from i really loved the killer robot santa from the moment that he was battle damaged kind of out when he crashes through the windscreen of the ambulance no even when he um he drives the ambulance into the car and he's a bit battle scarred from that I really love the uh, you know the wires coming out of his head and he's a he's a man then that that is a man in a costume right there and I really love that I think that was awesome and especially I say I am a total fucking geek for animatronics I am a huge theme park fan I'm a huge Disney theme park fan animatronics is just something I am so interested in and uh, I I you know those those old school Disney animatronics I just they blow my mind they they're just something that I just still can't you know 
these things were made in the 60s, the Carousel of Progress, all that great stuff. And uh, yeah, to see the Terminator style kind of, you know, exposed metal work of this animatronic going around with the axe trying to kill Tori. Man, that really worked for me. That really worked for me. So I am 50-50 on the Killer Santa. There's things that I think could have improved it. There's things I really loved about it. And there's things that I didn't also care for that much. But uh, that's my thoughts on the Santa design itself anyway. So uh, let's get into a few things that I did really love about this film. So I did love the majority of the kills. I love the majority of the kills. For the most part, they are all on screen. They have fantastic practical gore and they pull no punches for the most part. Some are a bit weak and uh, for some reason, like I really didn't get my head around this. For some reason, um, the first two kills are done with a POV cam. Like I have absolutely no idea like what, why, what, why, why? And it was the same when I watched it last night. I was just like, because the first time I watched this film, the first time I watched this film and we saw those two kills, that POV cam, I was a bit like, huh? Like, what is this shit? Like the, the camera work is shaky as fuck. Uh, you can't really see anything. Like the, the boyfriend kill in the toy store is okay. You can kind of see it, but not really. It's too dark and too shaky. And then the girlfriend kills just awful, awful. So I was kind of like, is this all this film's going to have to offer? Thankfully, it doesn't. And the rest of the kills are cinematic style kills, not POV. And uh, they, uh, they're all on screen. <clears throat> Thankfully, they're all on screen. And... Um, you know, they do really go hard with some of these kills, <clears throat> including, as I just said, the very, very surprising kill uh, relatively early on of, uh, well, I say relatively early, it's probably like 50 minutes in, of uh, Robbie, one of the main cast members in this film. And this was probably <clears throat> my favourite kill of the movie. In fact, no, it definitely 100% was my favourite kill of the movie. It's shocking. It comes out of nowhere. Because you just think Robbie's going to get away. Like, he's going to be in the film till the end, and, you know, he's going to be there with Tori. And he comes out of nowhere. Like, the killer sign just grabs him and then smashes the axe into the face. It's on screen. I say it's shocking. It's extremely graphic. And Tori's reaction settles it even further. Like, that, this was the best kill of the whole film. The Robbie kill was absolutely awesome. And there were some other great kills as well. You know, the, the dad on the stairs getting his face crushed. The, the mum in the bathroom getting the axe in the eye. Um, the little kid gets killed as well, which is kind of off screen, but we do see enough to keep us, you know, there. Um, I think Tori's uh, sister and her boyfriend, their kills are pretty weak. They're off screen, uh, so they're not ideal. But the cop kills are great. Like, there are some really great kills in this film and really great effects. Like, special effects in this film are, you know, we have two or three explosions in this film, which, like make it look huge for the budget. You know, those kind of things cost a lot of money. Um, so yeah, the kills overall, I thought were fantastic. I thought the uh, special effects were fantastic. The, the two kills that are POV cam, I have no idea what they're about. Were they filmed first as like maybe a, like, I don't know, like a trial run or like just to kind of, 
sell the footage to the studio or something. I have no idea what was going on with those first two kills. And it really took me out of the film. And I think that really hindered my experience of the film the first time I watched it. Going into it the second time, I knew what to expect. But the first time I watched it, I was just like, this is what the fuck, what, what the fuck is this? Like, you know, the kills, these two kills are awful. And, you know, we'd have all this dialogue, which we're going to get into in a few moments time. And I was like, what, what is this? But thankfully it does pick up. And uh, that's why I said, because I went into this knowing what to expect this time, I knew the good kills were coming. So I, I held on and they came quicker than I remembered. So I really enjoyed that aspect. The kills are, for the most part, top tier stuff, really good stuff. Um, not all, but most of them are really, really good stuff. And uh, another film, this, another film, <laughs> another thing this movie does really well, it's really, really well shot. Is it Joe Bagos? Who did this film? Uh, Joe Bagos, not Jeff Bezos, Joe Bagos. And um, he, this film is so well shot. Like this film looks so beautiful. Like this is the, 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 the color palette in this film, you know, is just gorgeous. It's perfect for a Christmas horror movie. Lots of neon, probably maybe a bit too much neon. <laughs> like... <coughs> It's a bit OTT, the neon at times. Like, there's neon in the record store. There's neon in the town centre. There's neon in Tori's house. There's just, like, neon everywhere. So you're like, this is maybe a bit neon over the top, but it works really well. The glow of the lights at night, the green and the red bulbs, the really thick green and red bulbs, the white snow, the lights, I say, reflecting off the snow and the sky, um, the snow coming down, the the kind of long shots that he does there with the, the singular one shots of like people walking down the street and you can see the background lights, see the snow. It's so well shot. It's really beautiful. And it just picks up that Christmassy vibe perfectly. This, out of all of the Christmas films that we've done uh, this year, I would say this is probably the most Christmassy feeling film. I absolutely buy, I absolutely buy that this was Christmas Eve and, you know, everyone's gone home, I kind of gone home, <laughs> but everyone, you know, the town is emptying and it's Christmas Eve, it looks like Christmas Eve, it feels like Christmas. So yeah, really, really great stuff. The cinematography in this film is fucking bang on. And, um, you know when they're at uh, when they're at Tori's house and the power goes out, but the lighting in the room is just the Christmas lights from the neighbor's house across the street. Great stuff, in my opinion. Uh, you know, also I say the way the town is shot. Um, it just it's just the perfect palette for a Christmas film. And there's a scene where the Santa is walking up the hill to Tori's house. And again, you get the green and the reds and the snow. It just looks fantastic. So the, this film is perfect. Like the way it's shot, it's perfect. It's, it's, apart from those two kills, apart from those two POV kills, which were shit, uh, they were fucking awful. But uh, the rest of the film is shot so well. And uh, yeah, I, I was a big fan of the color palettes and, and all that great stuff in this film absolutely was. And I also really enjoyed the soundtrack of this movie as well. It's very grungy, stoner, psychedelic rock, but it fits perfectly with the style of the of uh, the main character, Tori, and uh, especially, especially the scene 
where uh, Robbie is going down on on Tori, you know, in the room. He finally gets. A, this is another thing about this. We're going to get into the uh, the two characters as a whole, but Robbie and Tori in this film, they have. Uh, Real angst, sexual tension between them, in my opinion. Like, really, from the first few minutes of this film, you could tell. You could just tell that he absolutely wants to fuck her. And she's, like, saying, oh, now I'm going to go meet fucking... Uh, what did he call it? Like, 30 seconds to Mars, the Tinder t- <laughs> the Tinder hookup or whatever he is. But you could tell she wanted to with him as well. But obviously, she's he's, he's her employee, so she maybe thinks she can't do that or whatever. But after a few drinks... They absolutely get it on, and uh, you know Robbie. He do, he only he goes down on her, but he does. I don't think he really gets anything off her. Maybe he would have if she came back up with the nachos. You know, he goes. She goes downstairs, and the nachos are burning. Uh, maybe she was going to come up and return the favor. I don't know, but uh, probably not. <laughs> but uh, yeah, anyway, I just think the those two characters do sync together really well. They look like friends they look like people who would hang out together they have fairly natural chemistry where although the dialogue was um absolutely awful in my opinion at the start of the film we're going to talk about the dialogue in detail in just a few moments time the dialogue in my opinion was absolutely goddamn awful but they they connected you know you could tell that these two were just bouncing off each other uh, really well, and uh, they look great together. So, <clears throat> yeah, Robbie and Tori, man, our two main characters. Um, I wasn't a fan of their dialogue, but I was a fan of them as characters and their connection together. I thought it was really, really, really good stuff. <clears throat> but anyway, the soundtrack. Let me get back on track here. The soundtrack, um, you know, and uh, where was I? I was going. To, I was talking about Robbie, and oh yes, he was going down on uh, Tori. So the soundtrack especially when Robbie is going down on Tori and uh, simultaneously the Robo Santa Plus is next door killing the neighbours. The soundtrack is crushing at that point. And even I was, I was sitting there thinking, oh my God, I was, I was more into the soundtrack than I was what was going on on the screen because the soundtrack was just pumping. It felt like it was really loud but not too loud where you had to turn it down it was just absolutely banging and crushing at that point and it just oh it was great great stuff and also towards the end of the movie we have the uh, the 80 synth the 80 synth vibe and uh, the terminator style pounding effects as the robo santa gets up and he starts searching for for tori we have this 80 synth and on the on the on the back of that, we also have the the Terminator nod, the Terminator kind of um, homage where it's do, 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 do. absolutely get that as well. And I thought that was fucking great stuff as the as the Robo Santa is searching and stalking for Tori in the record store in the record store. Really great stuff. Really great stuff there. Um, so anyway, now I have tried, I have tried to leave this as long as possible, but I, uh, I have to mention it. We have to, we have to talk about this. We have to mention this. And, uh, my one, oh, sorry, dearie me. Oh, this bloody cold is kicking my ass. Cold, bloody cold. Let me tell you, I think it's going around everywhere. But I, I had to get this re- recorded tonight, so apologies, guys, if this isn't up to normal standards. I'm really trying to deliver this as best I possibly can for you. Uh, so we have this episode out and in the bag, and 
as enjoyable as we possibly can. Um, damn. Right, here we go. So, like I say, I've been trying to leave this as long as possible, which I've left it to uh, somewhat close to the end. <laughs> um, but my one really big gripe with this movie, and apologies, I think I'm going to go off on one here, but it's the dialogue. It's the dialogue. Jesus H. Christ was the this excruciatingly bad. Now, I will admit on the second watch, on the second watch, it wasn't as bad as the first watch. And I did actually enjoy, as I just, I really enjoyed Tori as a character, as a whole, a lot more the second time round. And, uh, but I would say that is probably mainly down to my expectations and knowing exactly what to expect. But that's still does not excuse this <clears throat> this dialogue. <coughs> Sorry. Oh my God. Uh, this still doesn't excuse this dialogue. I mean, this makes Rob Zombie look like fucking Quentin Tarantino or some shit like that. I really hated the dialogue. For the first 30 minutes of this movie, for the first 30 minutes of this movie, it is just two gatekeepers. That is the best way I can describe it. Arguing over their movie and music knowledge but they both just come across as pompous pretentious douchebags and it's cringy as hell to watch so much so like i i was i was hyping this movie to my wife which i probably shouldn't have done because i hadn't watched it yet but i was like oh my god everyone is saying how great this film is let's stick this on tonight it's gonna be awesome and she was so excited and about 20 minutes in she was like what the fuck is this and it was, I had to agree. I was like, I'm sure it's going to get better. <laughs> I'm sure it's going to get better. And thankfully it does. But Jesus, these two come across as so unlikable the, because of their dialogue. Now, on the second watch, basically from Robbie dying, Tori becomes an excellent character, an excellent final girl. Actually, from the final 45 minutes of this movie, Tori is probably top three, <coughs> top three or four final girls of 2022 so i'm not shitting on the character here but it's the dialogue it was just horrendous now i am a music promoter i hang around in my other one of my many walks of life that i have one of my many jobs and pies that i have my fingers in <laughs> but uh, i'm a music promoter i hang around with a lot of good friends who work in the music business now whether that is that they work in record shops, whether they're venue owners, whether they're fellow gig promoters, whether they're bands, band managers, etc., etc. I hang around with a lot of them and they are in a lot of my circles. And none of them, none of them, no matter how drunk they have ever been, they have ever came across as childish and as dickheadish as these two in this short space of time in this movie. It was excruciating. Yes, we get it. You've watched some movies and listened to some records. You're fucking not. You're not the fucking oracle of all music and fucking film knowledge. And your opinion means as little as mine. But they just come across that they know it all. They come across that, you know, my opinion is the king. Your opinion is the shit. And let me tell you, the fucking opinions were not good. <laughs> so, you know, at the end of the day who gives a shit but you know this the, the dialogue 
Neither of them were right, in my opinion. And I'm, I'm totally getting the irony of what I've just said there. I'm completely coming across myself as a childish dickhead by saying that probably, but it just comes across as just so... I just wanted to rip my skin off. I wanted to rip my skin off as I was listening to this... These two talking fucking shite <laughs> for the first 20, 30, 40 minutes, whatever it was. It actually made me want to turn the movie off in some parts because of that. And uh, I genuinely, at that point in the film, couldn't care less if they lived or died. In fact, I was cheering the Robo Santa Plus on in uh, in some parts. That's not good. <laughs> like, that is not good. Like, I wanted to turn the, the, the film off. Now, I, I'm a kind of person who, through thick and thin, will will put a movie on and I'll watch it to the end because I'm too... Uh, you, just, you just never know. You just never know. Like, even if the film is fucking god-awful for 89 minutes, you just don't know that something at those last two minutes, something's going to happen that's going to completely change your perspective of the film. So I never knock a film off halfway through. Even if it's so bad, I never knock it off. I sit through it. I sit through the torture because you just never know. And thankfully I did. Thankfully I did sit through this because had I knocked this off at 30 minutes, I wouldn't have seen any of the awesome fucking kills and the awesome final battle and, you know, all that kind of great stuff between Tori and uh, Robo Santa Plus. I wouldn't have seen any of that. So that just kind of proves that, you know, to stick with it. But on the other hand, that first 40 minutes, oh my God, it was so painful. It was so painful to watch. And uh, on the second watch, on the second watch last night, I noticed that their conversation, their arguments, whatever it is, they get more intense and more annoying <laughs> the drunker they get. So maybe that's a play on that rather than the character's personality themselves. But even still, it is a hard watch. And to be honest, the dialogue in the record store at the start of the movie isn't too bad. Like, it's okay. But by the time we get to the uh, the Tory's house, it's just it's just painful. They're talking about they're screaming about fucking Metallica and cutting the hair and the worst records and fucking Soundgarden and oh Jesus! It was it was just it was just it was awful. It was it was bad to watch. And you know, it was kind of like how many random sequels can we name? How many? random albums that maybe don't that people you know don't appreciate how many of them can we name and how many can we pretend that they're good and they're our favorite metallica record or something like that to to look different you know it's like you know people say oh yeah like fuel or whatever <laughs> you know it's the best metallica record whatever it is you know people would generally pick the um the underdog record to say oh you know that that's that's their best album people just don't understand the genius of that album and that that's kind of where this comes from it's like no it's just fucking shit oh, i don't know I, I just can't um yeah i, I just it's just the dialogue i i'm gonna move on but it's just you know it, it blows my mind that you know due to the popularity of this movie it's strange to me it's really strange to me that so many people were praising this um not the movie itself but people were okay with the dialogue, you know, like they were, they were, obviously there's a lot to things of to praise in this film as we've kind of gone through already, but they were praising like the dialogue and saying, oh yeah, it just, it just works perfectly fine. It's like, hang on a minute. You are the same people who 
would, for example, publicly slate Rob Zombie and his writing, but praise this. But let me tell you, well, let me tell you that the, the dialogue, <coughs> sorry, the dialogue in a Rob Zombie film, any of them, from Lords of Salem to Thousand Corpses, any of them is a hell of a lot better than this shit because things actually happen in those dialogues. It's not just people arguing and screaming at each other about which Metallica album is better, which fucking Soundgarden album, whatever it is, is better. It, it's it's actual conversation in a Rob Zombie film. For, you know, so the, it, it really blows my mind the, the double standards of this as well, you know, where people would slate Rob Zombie till the cows come home, yet praise this. And people are actually comparing this to Rob Zombie as well. Like people say, no, this, this looks like, you know, something from a Rob Zombie film. And it's like, yeah. Or they say it's not, it wouldn't feel out of place in a Rob Zombie film. You're like, well, yeah. So why would you slate that, but praise this? The double standards, man. The double standards kills me sometimes for these kind of things. And, uh, you know, most of the characters in this movie, most of the characters in this movie are fairly unlikable. Now, like I say, I will say that Tori won me over on this viewing. I think Tori was a fantastic final girl for that first, for that final kind of 45 minutes. Um, but from minute one to minute 30, 35, she was, she was, she was excruciating. <coughs> But from that moment onwards, she is an awesome final girl. It almost feels like it's two different movies. It really feels like this is two completely different movies because on one hand, you have this first 35 minutes where, and I kind of get it, we're trying to establish the characters. But the first 30 minutes, we're kind of just like, what is this? <laughs> you know, what is this? And uh, then the final 45, 50 minutes is peep, the, the killer robot, Santa, going around smashing people up and we actually get a bit of something a bit of heart in these characters they're not just shallow hollow fucking gatekeepers i suppose is what i was going for there um but yeah i mean it, it's just it, it just feel like it, it feels like two totally different films it's such a weird 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 film um and uh but i say tori really won me over and she was absolutely phenomenal for that final 45 minutes and she put up put in one hell of a performance one hell of a performance. I just get the name of the person who played uh, Riley Dandy. She put in an absolutely fucking awesome performance, uh, fighting you know, the killer robot Santa. Really great stuff there. Um, just take out the painful dialogue, and we have a real winner here. Like, I truly believe that had we just had the first maybe 15 minutes of the film, Tori and, you know, Robbie, or even just the first 15 minutes of the film explaining the backstory of the Robo Santa Plus, then 15 minutes of dialogue. The, the dialogue goes on far too long. And then break into what is the final hour. Perfect. I think that would have been fantastic. But the fact that we just get 30 minutes of this thrown down your throats of these two arguing over fucking nothing, it just kills the movie. And I would say there's probably quite a lot of people who did turn the movie off at that point and missed what was an awesome final 50 minutes or so. It's, you know, I just think, I, I don't know. I just think, I just think there was so much more that could have been done here, in, in my opinion, that uh, we could have glossed over this this dialogue in 15 minutes and made it much less painful. Um, but anyway, I have got on long enough there. 
I've gone long enough there. And, uh, you know, I, I still think that I am 50-50 on this movie as a whole. I love the kills, the action sequences, the premise I really loved, uh, the camera work for the most part, the lighting. It You know, for the most part, it did do it for me. But also, I still did dislike the characters and I hated the dialogue and I just wish we got more of an explanation and backstory on the Robo Santa Plus. That would have really, really helped, um, <clears throat> in my opinion here. Um, but I can totally see a sequel for this being made. And I really hope, I really hope it does get made. I am really hopeful that there is a sequel, a Christmas bloody Christmas 2 coming next year. I'm really hopeful for that. As it's left, you know, it's left pretty open as to uh, what happened with the other recalled Robo Santa Pluses. You know, we could easily have a Child's Play 2 style opening, uh, you know, opening in the factory of all of the Robo Santas being recalled and, you know, marching them in. One awakes, then they all awake, and then a couple escape. There's a massacre at the factory. One escapes and goes out on a killing spree again and there's your sequel <laughs> bang there's your sequel and uh, i'd be totally down for for a sequel of this even though i have my gripes with this one and i totally appreciate that i've gone on this <laughs> got on quite a lot here talking about this film um really struggling to really struggling to at the moment with my uh with this cold i've got but uh yeah i, I, I even with my gripes i would be totally down for a Christmas bloody Christmas too. And it's such an easy premise to do because <clears throat> this was only the one Santa. This is only the one Santa that we get here. There's probably hundreds of them made out there. So we just round them up at the factory. Bang, there's your sequel. It would just, it would just, it would totally work here. I think it'd be absolutely brilliant. So, um, let, fingers crossed that happens. 2023, Christmas 2023. Oh, what the hell was that? <laughs> what the hell was that? Something like just literally... I don't even know what that was. Something just like popped in my kitchen there. It was like such a weird, that was such a, a strange experience. Oh my God. <laughs> Leave that in. I'm going to tell you that you might, you might have heard that. I don't know. Like, I don't know. It was kind of like, I don't know. Like someone dropped onto the, onto the, onto the cabinet there. I don't know what the hell that was. Well, anyway, I've completely lost my train of thought here. So apologies, <laughs> apologies about that. Everyone. Um, yeah, that was strange. Um, anyway, I'm going to keep that in. I'm going to keep that in. And when I listen to this back, I'll be like, what the hell was that? So anyway, uh, yeah. Christmas, bloody Christmas. I say, if we get a Christmas, bloody Christmas 2 next year, Christmas 2023, we'll do another Christmas special on that. I'm really hopeful <coughs> that that's going to happen. So let's get into a bit of info about the movie itself. So Christmas, bloody Christmas was written and directed by Joe Bagos, uh, who also did uh, VFW and Bliss, which, to be honest, I will hold my hands up. I haven't seen either of them, so don't. So I can't um, <clears throat> I can't comment on, on his previous work or anything like that. I've heard good things. Like, a lot of people say VFW is a fantastic film, so uh, I'm really going to have to check it out. It's on my list. It's been on my watch list on Amazon for fucking ages, but I just haven't got around to watching it. Maybe if I'd watched that first, I would have probably more kind of got the tone of this film maybe better or <clears throat> had different expectations i'm not sure but uh, yeah I'm, I'm definitely down for watching vfw which i will one day but so far haven't seen it 
And uh, anyway, this was released directly onto Shudder on the 9th of December 2022. Um, I couldn't actually find any budget anywhere, <coughs> but um, but it did receive a very limited theatrical release, and it made um, an okay $139,932 uh, from 301 theatres. So not terrible. Better than nothing, I guess. And I really, I would imagine that this film was probably, I don't know, $150,000 movie maybe or something like that. <clears throat> maybe even less. Who knows? Uh, so they probably got close to their costs with uh, a, a, a fairly limited theatre run there. So that, that's pretty decent. So not too bad at all. Um now, the cast. Uh, there is a small cast in this one. Uh, not many characters at all. And, and this is another thing that I'm just going to... Because, like I say, I don't think I'm going to get to the blow-by-blow blow tonight, unfortunately. I think we're going to uh, release this kind of podcast just in, in kind of one... Whatever this is. <laughs> just whatever this flu-ridden 45 minutes to an hour has been. Um, so we're probably not going to get into a blow-by-blow. Blow, but, the, but there's really one thing I really want to say about this film. And... Uh, you know, it is a small cast, and as I said earlier, a lot of my issues are probably, you know, the um, the, the budget restraints and probably, you know, the lack of resources and stuff like that. And uh, at times, or most of the time in this film, actually, you do wonder where everyone else in this town actually is, you know, whilst this robo-Santa is going around literally blowing things up and killing people all over the shop. Like it's it's like where is everyone like where is everyone and it's it, it's relatively well explained albeit a little bit far-fetched so basically the the police say the police say, oh there's only a few of us there's only a few of us so that explains the lack of police there's, they're very short staffed there's only four policemen in the whole town okay it's a small town we could probably buy that okay and then um but they say it twice. They say it once where the 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 police officer comes to um, the the house, to Tori's house, and he gets his head blown off by the uh, the, the robot Santa, which is really good stuff. And uh, yeah, he's kind of like, so there's only like three or four of us. And it's like, okay, right. Okay, okay. <laughs> like, that kind of explains the lack of police in the town, I suppose. But why would people, why would police from other areas not come to help them? Surely Jeff Daniel Phillips could just get on the phone and say, we need more police. I, I don't know how the police structure works in America, but in the UK, they would get police from all over the shop down there to help them. You know, they would get reinforcements in. So maybe it's not that way in America. I'm not 100% sure, but <laughs> I was like, okay, that's kind of a bit far-fetched, but whatever. And then also they go to the bar earlier in the movie and I think they say, oh yeah, the whole town is closing at 8 p.m. tonight. So we can only go for one quick drink. And uh, so basically what they're saying is no one is in the town after 8 p.m. Everyone has gone home, um, which again is, I suppose, relatively feasible that, you know, all these things are blowing up in the town centre, but there is no one around to, to see it. But come on, like, how many people live in this town? It looks a fairly decent-sized town centre. Surely there would be people around, and I know I'm picking holes here, I know I'm picking holes, but where is everyone? Where is everyone? Like, this is just, it's a completely empty ghost town, and the only people there are the three police officers, seemingly three houses which have been killed by the robot Santa, and uh, the people who run the toy store, who, you know, 
there must be a lot of people in this town because they have been given the Robo Santa Plus, which is a national nationwide thing. So surely there is enough people in this town to warrant getting the, the Santa Plus. There's loads of people in the record store at the start of the movie. Where are all these fuckers? Like, <laughs> it's just like, where are all these people gone? So, uh, you know, <laughs> I can buy it. It's it's there. It's it's explained, which fair play is is better than most films. Most films wouldn't even explain it. The cops explain why there isn't a lot of cops there. And uh, the guy in the record store... Robbie, I think, uh, explains why there's no one in town because everyone closes at 8pm. So I can kind of buy it. Uh, but also, you know, on the other hand, it, it's a bit far-fetched. <laughs> like, one of my main gripes. First time I watched it, I think I just completely missed those two bits of information where the police said, you know, they're short-staffed and, and then everyone went home. And then the second time I watched it, I was like, ah, uh, yeah, so that explains it. But still... There would be some people about. There would be absolutely. On Christmas Eve, there would be some people about. 100%. So, anyway, let's get into the cast. So, uh, we have Riley Dandy as Tory Toombs. Uh, we have Sam Delish as Robbie Reynolds. We have Jonah Ray as Jay. We have Dora Madison as Lana. Jeff Daniel Phillips, a staple of Rob Zombie movies, as Sheriff Monroe. Uh, Abraham Ben Ruby as Santa, uh, Jeremy Gardner as Officer Smith, who was a fucking asshole. This character was an absolute bellend. He was just like <coughs> when Tori gets arrested and he goes into the, the the cop car and she's like she's she I really don't get that scene still. <laughs> Even the second time I watched it, I was like, what is happening here? Like Tori's friends are all dead. The police officer is dead. She's covered in blood. The place is smashed up. And the police arrest this... I'm not being sexist here, but this 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 girl who clearly is traumatised, she's obviously not gone around killing people and just arrest her as if, like, oh, yeah, I'm not going out to the crime scene to have a look. I'm not going to go to the crime scene. Let's take you down to the station. It's like, what, what the fuck? And I totally get that they wouldn't believe it's a killer robot Santa, but surely they would just believe that it's a guy dressed as Santa going around killing people like that isn't really that far-fetched so that guy was an arsehole that guy was an arsehole absolutely anyway we had uh, Graham Skipper as Mike and we also had Kansas Bowling what a name Kansas Bowling as Libby and um yeah I think to be honest I think I'm gonna leave it there guys I'm gonna have to leave it there well, to be fair we've gone close to an hour there so I've not done too badly I've actually gone longer that I wanted, that I not wanted to, but expected to. So again, guys, I'm really, really sorry that I can't do the worldwide blow tonight, but <laughs> I, I've struggled to get to this point. So I really hope you uh, enjoyed this episode, and uh, I'm hopefully going to be much better on the next episode. This flu that's going around is just seemed to be everyone in my work has it. My little one's got it. My wife's got it. But I really wanted to get this episode out there because if I left it any longer, then it's not really Christmas time anymore and it's not really, you know, really worth doing. Promised you guys I would get it out. So here it is, our episode on Christmas, Bloody Christmas. So thank you so much for checking it out. Overall, though, overall, I would probably give this film a 7 out of 10, uh, regardless of all the things that I've just said there. <laughs> <coughs> I did enjoy this film, and uh, I will be watching it again next year. I watched it, I enjoyed it the second time, not the first time. 
But the second time I enjoyed it, and I, I do have a different opinion on it now. I think it's a rel- it's a solid Christmas slasher film. Um, obviously, I have my gripes with it, but it's still solid, and I would still give it a solid 7 out of 10. And I would recommend you guys uh, check it out. It's so worth checking out. Um, going into it with the expectation of what I've just said there, if you're not a fan of rob zombie dialogue you're not going to be a fan of this dialogue so hold out for that first 30 minutes and then after that you should be uh you should be all good you should be on the home stretch so anyway guys thank you so much for listening uh i really appreciate it and uh, i hope you all had a great christmas have a fantastic new year a safe new year whatever you're doing i will be sitting in <laughs> doing absolutely nothing trying to get better i was going to go to football on new year's day but i don't think i'm going to because i'm just uh dying so i don't think i'm going to but uh, yeah whatever you're doing guys uh, enjoy have a fantastic time i will see you all in 2023 and our next episode will be my top 10 horror movies of 2023 uh, so sorry 2022 god am i in a time machine you can tell i'm struggling here uh, so Next move, next next movie. Fucking hell! Next episode of the podcast will be my top ten horror movies of 2022. I'm still undecided. I still haven't finalised my list. I've got one or two to watch this week to really f- feel like I've watched all of the horror movies that I kind of want to watch, and then uh, I'm going to finalise my top ten list. We'll also have a couple of honourable mentions in there as well. Um, so yeah, that's going to be the next episode coming up. Uh, probably next week or the week after. So keep your eyes peeled for that. Uh, I'm really excited about that episode, but I'm going to wait until I'm, you know, better and not ill (laughs) to do that episode. So anyway, ladies and gentlemen, thank you so much for joining me. Uh, I do hope you've uh, found this uh, episode entertaining somewhat, even though it has been. I appreciate it's been a bit all over the spot. And uh, obviously my coughing and spluttering, so apologies about that but uh, i hope you did enjoy this episode and uh, i did enjoy recording it and it's kind of took my mind off the uh, the cold for a little while so hopefully uh, <laughs> hopefully it's uh, it's on the way out but anyway whatever ladies and gentlemen thank you so much for listening have an awesome christmas awesome christmas have an awesome new year god i really need to wrap this up have an awesome new year i will see you all in 2023 so have an awesome time and remember there is only one thing left to do and that is to stay scared. Cannot be. My eyes are deceiving me. What you see is real. What's done is done, and what I've done is right. It's the work of science. Yeah.